You are listening to The Dan Patrick Show on Fox Sports Radio. Ross Tucker, host of the Ross Tucker Football Podcast, CBS Westwood One color analyst. Ross, good morning. How are you, buddy? Dan, I am fantastic. I would definitely be better if I was getting a chance to see you guys in person and sitting on the sectional, but I'm very appreciative and glad I could join you anyway. What's the uh, food spread uh, this weekend for you? You know, that's an interesting question. Uh, I'm actually incredibly lame on Super Bowl Sunday. So this is, I I typically don't work the Super Bowl. This is the first weekend, believe it or not, since the Eagles' first preseason game, August 11th. Well, I guess last weekend was. But I'm not traveling to broadcast at least one game. And the first couple times I did it, Dan, I would go to like a Super Bowl party around here. But you probably know how how it is. Like, I'm at a Super Bowl party, and the doctor to my right is asking me a question. This guy has got the business. What do you think about this? I just don't have a lot of interest in people talking to me while I'm watching the Super Bowl. So a lot of times I'm pretty lame when it comes to what I eat on the Super Bowl. I think what I might try to do this year, if I can pull it off, I might go to the Super Bowl party like an hour early. I might crush, crush some buffalo chicken dip. Have a few wings. Of course, the drums, not the flats. Drums are way better than flats. That's common knowledge. Uh, Maybe some hummus so I feel good about myself. I'll stick some carrots or some celery and some hummus. If Everything of hummus you have offsets a wing. So, like, I'll alternate to feel better about myself. But then 15 minutes before the game starts, I'll leave and come back home so I can watch in solitude and not have people ask me questions. Yeah, my wife said – uh, do you want to have a party? And I go, good God, no. Like I, I just want to sit. I don't want to talk to anybody. I just want to watch. That's it. And she goes, okay. Give me just a little tequila, cigar. Uh, that's it. Just watch the football in solitude. Don't have to answer any of those questions. Now, do you have a favorite prop bet? I do. Okay. I've got a couple, actually. Okay. One is, and you're going to laugh at me about this, I love the tails on the coin toss. Oh. It's a misnomer that a coin is 50-50, Dan. Okay, have you ever looked at a coin? The head kind of juts out a little bit. As a guy, Paulie's talked about this, as a guy with a huge head, okay, <laughs> I can speak to this. Yep. The head side is heavier. Look at a coin, okay? The tail side is flat. The head side of whoever it is, the George Washington, Abraham Lincoln, I don't even know who it is. Whoever it is, the head side juts out a little bit, and it's a big head. So the head is actually heavier as a guy with one of the biggest heads on television filling up the whole peacock screen right now. I can tell you the head side is heavier. Tails wins 58% of the time, I think, maybe. I'm not sure. Uh, I like tails. And then in terms of the actual football I like both quarterbacks to go over their rushing yardage props. For Burrow, it's 11.5 at DraftKings. For Matthew Stafford, it's 5.5 at DraftKings. Here's the thing, though, Dan. Those yardage totals, they're based on the whole season. Like, these numbers are based on the 20-game body of work. This is the Super Bowl. We've seen John Elway do the helicopter at like 36 years old. We saw Joe Burrow last week scramble for four third down conversions. Stafford can run a little bit. Five and a half yards for Stafford, that's one run. Burrow is going to be under pressure the whole game. He's going to take off at least once. He might get the 11 and a half yards on one run. Maybe it's two. Over quarterback rushing has been awesome this postseason. I'm going to continue to ride it with both Burrow and Stafford over at DraftKings. Okay, but I was wondering about this, Ross. Do they factor in the yards lost on sacks, and does that affect your running uh, numbers as a quarterback? No. Okay. Great question. No, they don't. They do in college football. They do not in the NFL. So sack yardage lost does not go against a quarterback's rushing yards. However, Dan... It's a great question. Taking a knee does. If you remember the Chiefs-Niners Super Bowl a couple years ago, the Chiefs have the lead. Mahomes was over his rushing yardage prop. (laughs) 
for some unknown reason, Dan, rather than just taking a knee and like losing a yard, Mahomes is trying to take a couple extra seconds off the clock. So twice <laughs> he backed up like five yards and then took a knee. If you guys Google it or you see what people were tweeting at the end of that Super Bowl, people were losing their minds. People lost their Mahomes over rushing yardage prop on the two knees he took at the end of that game. We do have some research on the heads and tails, Paulie. Yeah, Ross is right. A Stanford professor said it's 51.5% for tails because of the weight issue and that the heads would have more chance to affect the bounce off a flat surface. Mm. And they did it like weeks and weeks of testing. What other prop bets do do you like here? Can I just say something real quick? Yeah. I was totally joking. <laughs> I didn't know that. I am a mate. I am back now. It's not like it's a Princeton researcher, Stanford, like second tier school, but still I am amazed. That is awesome. Um, I, I like, uh, I like Tyler Boyd under receiving yardage. Love Tyler. I called all of his high school games, but Jalen Ramsey plays in the slot, Dan. I mean, they don't move Jalen Ramsey around that much. People are like, oh, Jamar Chase, Jalen Ramsey. I doubt it. That's not what the Rams have done this year. Jalen primarily plays in the slot. That's not good for Tyler Boyd. So I would take the under on Boyd's receiving yardage, probably over on Cooper Cup. Now it's over 100. I think it's 102 and a half, maybe up to 104 at DraftKings for Cooper Cup. But Dan, the guy has gone over 14 of 20 games this year. The guy is a machine. I'm, I mean, he'll win Offensive Player of the Year tonight, I'm sure. I'm still not sure people realize the season that Cooper Cup has had. This is Randy Moss 2007. This is any, he's not only won the Triple Crown for touchdowns, receptions, yards. Nobody was particularly close. He won the yards by like 400, the catches by double digits, the touchdowns over Mike Evans by three. I mean, he smoked everybody across the board. I don't think he's going to get shut down in the Super Bowl. I'm going over Cooper Cup, although Mike Hilton, the Bengals nickelback, is pretty good. That's a good matchup. He's Ross Tucker, brand ambassador for the uh, great folks at DraftKings. I wanted to ask you about being a former offensive lineman, and if you were on the Bengals' offensive line right now, going against the Rams, what is your strategy since it feels like the game is going to hinge on how good that offensive line is or isn't on Sunday? Yeah, so I think a lot of it's a great question. I think a lot of that depends on how the Bengals elect to help those guys. You know, those guys are competitive. Those guys are confident, but they know what they're going against. They know Von Miller is an excellent player. Leonard Floyd's an excellent player. And they know Aaron Donald is unbelievable. So that's not like nobody's, there's no secrets here. The Bengals offensive line isn't good. The Bengals know that. The Rams know that. You know that. I know that. The the Rams D-line, Aaron Donald's an amazing player. So what it really is incumbent upon, even more than the players in my mind, is what the coaches come up with to protect the offensive line. Is it Burrow getting the ball out of his hands quickly? Is it Do they try to run the ball more with Joe Mixon? They ran it very well in overtime against the Chiefs last time we saw them. Do they do more two tight end sets so that the tight ends run through the outside armpit of both the ends, both edge rushers, Floyd and Von Miller? That way, the interior trio can really focus – on Aaron Donald. Obviously, you need to get help him. I remember there were times, Dan, you remember the guy, remember Tommy Harris for the Bears? He had like a three or four year run where he was unbelievable. I can remember playing for Cleveland and it was Cozy Coleman and Joe Andruzzi. And I might've been supposed to slide left, (laughs) but we had kind of decided amongst us, whoever has Tommy Harris one-on-one, that's who I was going to help. Like, I was, you know, I was going to look that way first. But I, was, I mean, there's certain guys that you, you have to help them, and the guard needs to know he's having that help. Aaron Donald is that guy. How did the Rams lose this Super Bowl? Uh, probably, in my mind, two ways. One is Matthew Stafford turnovers. Leads the NFL in pick sixes. The Bengals have been pretty good at causing turnovers. They've got some ball hawks with Jesse Bates. Uh, you know, Mike Hilton's done a nice job. I think a Rams loss 
looks like two interceptions for Stafford. Maybe one goes back to the house. I also think perhaps if the Rams play a single high safety, which I wouldn't recommend, I think T. Higgins and Jamar Chase have favorable matchups on the outside against the corner because Jalen Ramsey, primarily inside at the nickel, I think Joe Burrow, like he's done all year, he will just throw it up to those guys. I don't think I've ever seen, Dan, a guy have more faith in terms of contested catches with a receiver with the stature of Jamar Chase. Burrow, even in the red zone, even on the goal line, Burrow throws the ball to Jamar Chase, Dan, like he's Randy Moss, like he's some, you know, like he's Calvin Johnson. Jamar Chase is not that big of a kid, but Burrow doesn't care. He just trusts him to somehow make the play, and a lot of times he does. Great to talk to you, buddy. Have a good weekend, and uh, we'll talk to you next week. Always. Have a blast. I've been enjoying listening to you guys. I hope Ryan in uh, Honolulu destroys Fritzy tomorrow. That'll be hilarious. Whoa. Whoa. What? Wow. The, the mock-off. Traitor. I, look, I got I, I to gotta, I gotta support chat row. I got to support. You know, Fritzy, you know I love you, but I got to support chat row and Ryan in Honolulu. All right. All right. I, I'll I, let I, this don't, one go. I don't think DraftKings has prop bets on uh, mock headlines. <laughs> wow. The mock-off. Thank you. Thank you, Ross. The uh, brand ambassador you. for... Uh, Uh, DraftKings. Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 to noon Eastern or 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. Find your local station for the Dan Patrick Show at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every day on the iHeartRadio app by searching FSR. Or stream us live on the Peacock app. Uh, Troy joins us on behalf of eight... For the drinker who consistently puts in the hard work as we do, Troy and his team are uh, conscious of what we put into our bodies and the options for a light, refreshing beer that's brewed with organic ingredients virtually non-existent. Until now, as we make way for Troy Aikman, number eight, looking good. Hi, buddy. Good to see you. Good to see you. Yes, sir. That's all right. Hey, guys. What's going on? You look like you could still play. Man, you look, you look like you've uh, added some some muscle there. What do you, what are you benching? Like, well, let's uh, do the maybe. Troy Aikman benching contest. Yeah, one rep, <laughs> one rep. Paulie, I'll start with you. Oh boy, uh, wait, he's looking pretty good. Uh, I'm gonna go 265 for one rep. 65. Seaton, I'm going 355. Wow. Whoa, Princey. aggressive. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna say 317. Uh, <laughs> I'm gonna go. Uh, I'm gonna go one rep. Am I going to answer? Am I going to answer that question? Yeah, yeah. I have no idea. I mean, I don't. I don't. Wait, you don't bench? I don't do. Well, not. I do dumbbells. Okay. And I don't do like one time. I'm not Larry Allen, you know. I, mean, I don't do one. one you know. In, <laughs> just, in your day, and I'm not that young anymore. In your day, what could you bench? Uh, three twenty-five. Oh, whoa. Nice. Okay. All right. Yeah. What could Larry Allen bench? I think he's uh, he's on YouTube. I, I, I I'm going to get it wrong. Was it 700 pounds or something? I mean, it's like a Volvo. <laughs> is he is he the strongest man you've ever been around? Yeah, yeah. Like not even sure. close. Not even close. A man, a few words, and uh, I mean, obviously a great player, but by far the strongest. Feels like he's underrated. Really. It, like, you, you forget because, you know, he never was somebody who was out doing interviews. He never talked himself up. I know defensive linemen knew about Yeah, the, I mean, for a guy who could be all pro at guard, and then we lost our tackle, and he moves out to tackle. He was all pro at tackle, and, I mean, he could, he could do anything. He was – yeah, I, I, I know that uh, maybe amongst the public, for sure, because he was so quiet. Uh, but I think amongst those that played with him and certainly those that played against him, uh, yeah, nobody – they called it the Larry Allen flu. Yeah. The guys would just not be able to play that day. You know? <laughs> so. um, we were we brought this up last hour. Better athlete, Dion or Bo Jackson? Oh gosh. I mean, I'd have to say Dion because he's my teammate. But uh, no disrespect to Bo Jackson. I, I think both of them. What I mean, I, I think if you talk about underrated, I think what those two were able to do, and do it at the level that they did it is pretty remarkable. I mean, there's a lot of guys. We, I mean, I'm sure you played all sports. I played baseball and football and basketball, and, and baseball was my first love, and I felt that, 
you know, I maybe could have gone on and played collegiately. And I think there's something inside all of us that thinks, yeah, maybe you could have made it in the big leagues. But, I mean, those guys, they, they play for real. And to, to be able to do both, uh, it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's an athlete that we just don't know about. Were you a pitcher? Pitcher and shortstop. And uh, I was getting looked at to get drafted by the Mets. They wanted me as a catcher or an outfielder, which I'd never done. I'm, I'm not sure why, but <laughs> they wanted me, but they didn't want me doing what I'd been doing. So I don't know how that worked. And then Tom Brady got drafted by the Expos as a catcher. Did he? Yeah. Well, I never knew that. Yeah, I think uh, drafted. I think I knew everything else about Tom Brady. I've, I've had enough of his games, but I didn't know that. Do you get tired though when somebody comes up and says, "Oh, hey, so uh, do you know Tom Brady, or what do you think of Tom Brady?" Um, not so much with that, but you know, those they they usually want to tell me that they know Emmett Smith and Michael Irvin, and uh, well, so do I. You know? <laughs> do you ever get confused? About what? On the street? Like if somebody comes up to you, they, they hey. I was going to say, um, wh- wh- who I get confused for a lot is John Elway. Um, <laughs> and, and when I'm in Colorado, then it is, is only more. But, but if I ever get confused for somebody, it's usually John. And I finally ask John, hey, do you ever get confused about me? He goes, all the time. <laughs> and the other one is uh, Harry Connick Jr., which I, I, you know, I think when they, I think when people see me, they know quarterback, and, and you know, like I understand maybe why there's some confusion with me and John, although I don't think John and I look alike either. But the Harry Connick, I, I really don't quite understand. That's a good comparison, though. Which one, Harry Connick? Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, I'll take it. I mean, I, mean, I feel bad for him. <laughs> it's, it's, an, it's an upgrade for me. I, I do know that. So. Yeah. And Harry Connick <laughs> well, Jr. Well, now people are starting to say I look like Jay-Z. So I, I don't even, you know, I mean, I have, there's, there's some meme going around. I, I'm like, okay. What was it like to be single and be the quarterback of the Cowboys? Uh, you know, it, it was good. It was good. Um, Is it dangerous? Uh, I wouldn't say dangerous. Uh, I think my my biggest problem was uh, you couldn't you weren't it wasn't a it wasn't a Cowboys rule. It was a cheerleaders rule. You couldn't date the cheerleaders. And but I still did some (laughs) and and it didn't fare well for those cheerleaders when 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 people found out. But uh, wait, you could save their jobs. Could I save their jobs? No, I, I couldn't. They, they're they're a totally separate entity. Um, but yeah, it was good. <laughs> You'd rather talk about beer than you would. Yeah, your dating life. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, when did you get to the point where you go? I'm gonna make my own beer. Uh, two years ago, and you know, I worked at a at a beer distributorship when I was in college, and I've had a lot of friends that are in the in the business. Uh, but I never thought I'd make beer. But I met my now partners through a mutual friend, and we started talking about it and felt that if, hey, we could do a light beer, a low-cal, low-carb beer, um, something that complemented my lifestyle, that that'd be great because we felt that what was in the marketplace had been there a long time, needed, needed something new, something fresh. And so eight then was born. And what's unique about this beer, Dan, is that it has no adjuncts and no fillers, meaning no corn, no rice, no syrups, no added sugars. It's 100% organic grains. So I always refer to it as a better for you beer. I work out. My health and wellness is really important to me. But I also enjoy times with family and friends, and, and I like beer. So uh, to be able to make a beer that I felt complemented the hard work that you put in during the week, uh, we made this, and, and it's been really well received. It's exclusive to Texas and uh, really fired up about it. We just launched February 1st, and we'll be in stores in the spring. So this is bootlegging right now outside of Texas. <laughs> it, is, it is bootlegging. Yeah, those cans, let me tell you something. Those cans are hard to get. They're, I mean, they're, they're a hot commodity. Do you like the packaging? Yes. Yeah, it's clean. Well, you don't act as excited about it as I am. I haven't had it. I like a beer. Okay. I'm not here to look at the package. Okay, I mean, I well, want, to, I want to drink it. But look at that. I mean, that's that's. It's seven thirty in the morning, <laughs> Troy. Come on. Well, I was asked. I was asked what 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 it pairs with. Uh, what kind of foods it pairs with? And I said, heck, it pairs with bacon and eggs if you want. It. <laughs> Did you ever play a game where you were hungover? No, heavens, no. 
Well, you have a lot of co- quarterbacks who have in history. Yeah, no, 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 no. I I never drank, uh, never drank for a game, and 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 have never been a real big drinker to begin with. But now after games, uh, I'd I'd wake up the day after games with some hangovers, <laughs> <laughs> especially after some Super Bowls. Yeah. Best Super Bowl that you uh, celebrated after? Uh, probably the second one in Atlanta. The first one, uh, we were all new at it. We had a team party, and you get there, and the parties are all sponsors. And so I was late getting to the party. I was held up at the stadium for interviews and things of that nature. And, and then you get to the party, and you couldn't even find your teammates. So I, I left and, and then wound up hanging out with a bunch of media guys at, at the bar and and then the next year, fortunately, there was a next year, went back and, and had a little better plan. And so uh, arranged to have a private room with teammates and, and then a few people that were in town. It was, and it was awesome. I mean, it's the you can only imagine it's a it's the greatest night of your life to win a Super Bowl. And then uh, the celebration that takes place after. And I'm jealous because uh, Stafford or Burrow won. They're going to get to do it this week. But you never went to Michael Irvin's after. Super Bowl parties, did you? Uh, I did not. I did not. Did you get invited? Um, I'm sure I did. I, I, think, I, think, I, I think Irvin, you know, he, he, he takes all comers. I mean, I, I, don't, I, don't, I, think, I think you just show up, you're invited. How would you guys have done with social media? Uh, we, we would have been we would have been all right. I mean, it, it, it definitely impacts the, the, the activities, but uh, I think that players would be smart. I think the, the players of my era, not just my team, but I think the players of my era would have been smart about it. And I think the players are now for the most part. It's definitely had an impact. It's had an impact on our business. I'm yeah. sure it's had an impact on your business. Yeah. But even broadcasting games, social media has had an impact on what we do. How do you take criticism as a broadcaster as opposed to how you took it as a quarterback? Uh, well, I think I take it well. I've always been good at constructive criticism. And uh, I, I, I will say I do read the tweets. I mean, I, I not all of them. I, I mean, but I read them. I, I find them pretty funny. There's some funny guys out there. Some, I mean, some pretty, you know, you read them, you start laughing, you know, you, you, if you don't take it too seriously. But, yeah, I think the, even though there wasn't social media when I was playing, I do think that the criticism you take as a franchise quarterback, uh, especially in Dallas, I mean, it can be pretty intense when you're not playing particularly well. I think it prepares you for whatever you get into after that, that when there's public scrutiny. And uh, I think it helped me in this job that you just understand it's just part of the job and you don't really let it affect you too much. We've talked a lot about the uh, Bengals offensive line going against the Rams defensive line. As a quarterback, how do you make your offensive line better than what it really is? Get the ball out of your hands. I mean, really, uh, that's essentially what it is. But the Rams know that, too. Right. So everyone the Rams play, that's the formula. Uh, And then they try to run the ball. Because if you just get into a game where you're throwing the ball, then it's it's almost impossible. There's just not there's not many offensive lines, if any, that can hold up against this group. So you've got to, it, it becomes a team effort in order to beat the Rams. You've got to have a defense that holds the score down so that you can continue to run the ball. And even if you're not running the ball uh, that effectively, you've got to be able to stay with it and then get the ball out of your hands quick and then max protect when you can to take your shots down the field. I, I think if you look at when San Francisco uh, week 10, beat the Rams. They ran the ball 44 times. They didn't run it particularly well. They only had three and a half yards per carry, but they got 44 uh, carries in that game. But the big thing is they converted on third down. And that that ultimately, if you're going to play that style of game and try to shorten the game, play great defense, keep the score down, you've got to offensively convert on third downs. And uh, and if you don't, then then you're in danger of uh, of the game getting away from you. How would you describe Joe Burrow if I had never seen him play? Oh, um, I, I love the way he plays. I love the way he played in college. Uh, what I like about him most, however, and why I think he is a great player, because they all have ability. I mean, I always hear the phrase, this guy can make all the throws. And, and I, I, I don't even know what that means. I mean, I know what it means. It means he can make all the throws. But who the hell can't make all the throws? I mean, if you can't make a throw... You probably shouldn't be a starter in the NFL. There's only 32 of these jobs. And so uh, he's, he's really talented, 
But I think when you start looking at quarterbacks, because it's always a flip of the coin as far as who's going to be successful as a first-round pick and who's not, who's going to make it, who's going to be regarded ultimately as someone who didn't live up to his billing, I, I, I think there's more to it. I think it's the intangibles, and he clearly has it. So he's got an edge to him that right from the beginning, even last year, you know, right from the start, and even when he was coming out of college, you could just tell this guy's wired a little bit differently. Nothing's too big for him. He, he's confident. He's going to be able to come in and compete and then the organization did a good job around him but I, I'm, I'm a big fan I mean a big fan of his uh, love everything about him love the way he carries himself I wish I had as much swag as he did in the locker room uh, the, the the cigars are awesome the the whatever he's doing and you know I mean it's it, it, the whole package is phenomenal but were you cocky at any was point I? in your career no no it's just uh no, it, it, I was confident. I mean, I was confident, but I, I would never have been uh, described as cocky or brash. And in, 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 in the and I think that he he walks that fine line to where I don't think he's offensive. I think he handles questions extremely well, even controversial moments uh, when he's been kind of drug into some things because of what people have said. He handles it all very well, um, and so. I, I'm I'm excited to follow his career. I hated when he got injured, you know, with the knee, and how was he going to respond to that? But, and I and I'll go a step further. A couple of years ago, a few years ago, it was the Jacksonville Jaguars. They make it to the AFC Championship game, a franchise that hadn't had much success. And then last year it was Cleveland Browns. You know, and you think of the dog pound and all the great Browns fans over the years and hadn't had much to root for. And now the Bengals, I just, I, I love seeing it. I, I, I love it. It's great for the NFL. It's great for those cities that have those fans that haven't had a chance to really get excited for postseason play. And what he's done and, and Zach Taylor and all of them uh, is, is, is great. Hats off to that organization. But, the, you know, it's almost like they get a hall pass. I know the Bengals want to win. Maybe they don't. You know, people don't expect them to win, but they do. But then you juxtapose that to Matthew Stafford. Like the pressure on the Rams playing a yeah. home Super Bowl. Yeah. And if he wins, he's probably going into the Hall of Fame if he wins this Super Bowl. Yeah. That pressure, like when you won your first one, what was the pressure like when you went back for the second time when you were expected to win? Well, there, there's still that pressure. I mean, I wouldn't say because we had won a, a Super Bowl that, that then there's not as much pressure. Um, There'd be more, I would think. Yeah, in some ways. Yeah, I think in some ways. I think it's how I, – I, I heard Matthew Stafford, uh, and it's something that they talk about internally, and I know Sean McVay does, that – and, and I like this phrase, that pressure is a privilege. Uh, I like that because you have to play in big games in order for the, there to be pressure. There, I'm not going to name teams. I've done that before, and then, I, and then, then the Twitter world wakes up. And, and then they, you know, but there are teams in this league that don't feel much pressure. And, and when they get out of September, there's no pressure on them. They just go play. And for Matthew Stafford and the Rams, when Stafford was traded for, to know, I mean, the questions were always, and we had their games, is how's he going to play in the big game? How's he going to handle this? Because in Detroit, he didn't win a playoff game. He didn't have a good record against teams with 500 records and, and all of that. And, and what he has proven is what I knew and really what my career was about. If, if you have good players on your team and you have good coaching, as a quarterback, you have a chance to, have, to play well and have a really good year. And he's been able to do that. He's played great. He's been a big part of it. And uh, I'm just really proud of Matthew. I've known him. He grew up in my backyard where I live now in Dallas. And I've been real proud of how he's handled the pressure of this year and the expectations. He wanted to go to L.A. He wanted to do what he's doing now in L.A. and Detroit. I talked to him before the draft. I said, do you really want to be drafted by the Lions? The Lions obviously weren't very good at the time. And he wanted to turn that program around. And it, and it unfortunately it just didn't happen for him. But I know Lions fans respect him and appreciate him. And uh, they're out in, in, in droves to support him. And for the Rams and Matthew Stafford to be in the Super Bowl, which is what the only expectation was, of course, the plan is to win it, is pretty remarkable. It usually doesn't happen that way. Do you hold a grudge against any player? No. 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 Nothing that happened in your career? Cheap I don't, shot? I don't hold a grudge against anyone in my life right now. Um, and, and it's a good feeling, you know. Um, not to get weird, but I, you know, I've been meditating for about eight years. Uh, got into mindfulness, and, and it's part of the, the whole wellness program, which circles back even uh, in a roundabout way to the beer. But, uh, yeah, I don't, I don't have a grudge. Uh, I have no resentment towards anyone, and, uh, and it feels good.
Did you have a grudge against somebody like, after you retired? Uh, I mean, back in the day, you at one time, but uh, no, I'm kidding. I'm, I'm kidding. No. Yeah. yeah no. There are other guys in yeah, the media. I would that say, you... yeah, I, mean... <laughs> I, I can name a couple that. No, I, you know, I'm kidding with you. I, I can tell by your face, like, oh, no. Um, sometimes my timing's not as good as it needs to be, you know, on my delivery. But, but no, I've always loved being on your show because I was just commenting before I came on that the reason I've enjoyed it so much is the questions that you ask are questions I don't get asked. You know, they're always outside the box. And, 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 and I like that. So I, you know, I've always thought the world of you, but, but yeah, I've had grudges in the past. And, uh, and then I've just learned that ultimately you're the one who suffers from that. Yeah. And uh, so I've, I've, I've been able to reconcile those. And, and now some of those that, that I feel like that we did have grudges against one another, uh, are some of uh, are some of my closest friends, which is amazing. Final question: Are you sending us beer? One hundred percent. Okay. All right. One hundred percent. Fair enough. Because I might crack one, but after eight o'clock this morning. Yeah, that, yeah, we wait. I mean, that's that, that's the discipline you want, yeah. and that's what I've got. Hey, it's eight o'clock somewhere. <laughs> uh, he's T. Roy Aikman, as Michael Irvin calls. Why did he call you T. Roy? Well, they used to call me Roy. Okay. A lot of people do call me T-Roy, and I think, you know, it's kind of like A-Rod or, you know, however. There's a T, and then there's a Roy, you know, so it's T-Roy. <laughs> no, I but, got it. Yeah, I okay. understood I mean, it. I, mean, I know. You help this guy I'm out I'm a here. little slow. Oh, it, that's right. It's T and it's Roy. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> uh, the beer is called Eight for the drinker who consistently puts in the hard work. Uh, Troy and his team uh, are very conscious of what they put in their bodies, and it's a light, refreshing beer that's brewed with organic ingredients, and uh, those kind of beers are virtually non-existent. Congrats on this. Thank Good luck you. with this. Always Thank great you. to see you. That's uh, T. Roy Aikman. We'll uh, come back. More phone calls after this. Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 until noon Eastern, 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. And you can find us on the iHeartRadio app at FSR or stream us live on the Peacock app. Hey, what's up, everybody? It's me, three-time Pro Bowler LeVar Arrington, and I couldn't be more excited to announce a new podcast called Up On Game. What is Up On Game, you ask? Along with my fellow Pro Bowler, TJ Hushmanzada, and Super Bowl champion, yep, that's right, Plexico Burris. You can only name a show with that type of talent on it, Up On Game. We're going to be sharing our real-life experiences loaded with teachable moments. Listen to Up On Game with me, LeVar. Arrington, TJ Hushmanzada, and Plexico Burris on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast from. He's Coach Prime, Coach Deion Sanders, Jackson State head coach, and of course, Hall of Famer, joining us on behalf of Gillette, which we'll uh, talk about here in a moment. Sorry we don't have you in the man cave, but you're looking good. How would you sum up the last month for you, Deion? It's been great. First of all, I got to give you thanks, my man. You remember this This kind of started on your show. I, I told you my plans on the show. Well, were we in Miami? Where, where was that? That was Miami. That was, it was Miami. You guaranteed and, that you would be coaching, head coach. <laughs> and, and, but it started with you. I, I mean, it was, it was a reality. I knew what I was getting ready to do. And uh, I thank you for the platform like you always provide me, man. You, you're a great guy. You know that. You're a great guy. Everybody loves you, man. And but, I appreciate you. But when did you realize or come up with the plan of how do I make this bigger? I, the program might not be bigger recognition-wise, but how can I make this bigger wherever I go? Well, Dan, that's who I am. Uh, coming into the NFL, you got to understand that defensive back was one of the lowest-paid positions, but we performed and made it bigger. Going into uh, uh, just taking that position and going from team to team, city to city, everything was bigger. So this is no different from once I played. That's just who I am, and that's what I do, and that's how I go about my job. And I just want to make people uh, more comfortable, uh, alarm, sound alarm, and let people know what HBCUs have, and that's what I'm pretty good at. Take me into the room or come into my living room and sell me. I don't have to sell you. I, don't, I ain't selling that. I'm, that's the thing about it. I don't, I don't sell anything. I don't have anything to sell. I'm going to pretty much allow you to understand that I've sat on three sides of the table. I'm in the living room like you. I'm the parent. And I've been the kid. Now I'm the coach. 
<laughs> that's a that's a that's a heck of an advantage because I know the thought processes of everyone in, provided in this room. So I'm I'm not selling anything, but I'm 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 going to promise you that if you send me a boy, I'm going to send you back a man. Are you closing mom? Are you closing the actual recruit? Um, it depends on who is the influencer. Influencer. It depends on – see, oftentimes, now, Dan, you got to understand, man, sometimes it's the 707 coach, sometimes it's the high school coach, sometimes it's the dad, sometimes it's the mom, sometimes it's the uncle. You, you don't know who it is. Uh, I focused on the heart, and and I just tell – I'm honest, man. I'm just brutally honest. I'm not promising you no NIL. I'm praying that you get to the NFL, and I'm just telling you what it is. I'm going to give you an opportunity, and I'm going to make sure you're – where you lay your head, it's going to be comfortable, and you're going to get three meals a day. Everything else is on you. If you ran the NCAA, what would you do with name, image, and likeness? Uh, HBCUs are at a tremendous disadvantage because of the giving, because of the boosters, because of the uh, uh, amount of visual and understanding. So I would alter the rules. It, it would be different rules for 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 FCS other than FBS. It's it, it's it's not equatable. It don't even make sense. So we would be able to do a little more a little more with our kids. Would you put a cap on it? You can't cap it. No, no. You can't you can't cap it. I mean, uh, this is the problem I have. Like you have some guys at FBSs that you hear. That man, they're getting eight hundred or nine hundred or a million dollars. Dan, what have you seen them on? What what are they endorsing? I ain't seen it yet. <laughs> but you have, you know, HBCU kids. You have someone like my son. You've seen him with the Brady line, with Beats, uh, uh, Gatorade. You you've seen the stuff. This tangibly, you can see it. I hadn't seen any of the others. The kid that left Ohio State that said he was close to. How do you let somebody walk away with close to a million dollars that you said? The kid from Oklahoma that left and went to South Carolina, how, how do you walk away? <laughs> I don't understand that. And now you've got some of the big schools that pay in their and every lineman that signs get 50 grand. We can't compete with that, man. We, we can't compete with that. There's no equality in it. What would you have gotten at Florida State with name, image, and likeness? Uh I probably had uh, pro probably name, image, and likeness on the stadium. I probably had. Don't <laughs> 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 <Prime> Stadium. stadium. <laughs> uh, do you still, are you able to run at all when you go out to practice, you know, when, uh, when kids want to challenge you? Well, well, Dan, I went through some, some heck of uh, things this season. So no, not now. Before I went through all my trials and tribulations this season, I, I'm barely walking right now. So before, yeah, before, yes, I was I was being able to show them, not tell them what to do, but show them. How's your health now? I'm just getting better. I'm I'm walking, you know, uh, I'm walking slowly, slowly. But it it's probably a cool walk that you have. It's just a slow walk. I'm getting there. It, it's a beat. Now, it's a beat in my head when I'm walking. <laughs> uh, I, uh, I was talking to Troy Aikman. Troy was with us last hour, and I said, uh, better athlete, Dion or Bo Jackson? He said, well, I got to go Dion. He was my teammate. That's my guy. Let me ask you, better athlete, you or Bo Jackson? Athlete, I'm a better athlete. Bo physically is a specimen that his strengths, his strength is, you're going to see it when he walks up to you and when he played the game. But you talking about basketball, fishing, you, yeah, I, I can do it. I can, <laughs> I can do it Wait, all. He's a heck of a hunter. He could out-hunt me. Okay, but you can out-fish him. I got to fish him all day long. You know, I would actually watch that, just you and Bo fishing and talking. Because we were, t you think about it, Bo and I have sat down once in the locker room in Chicago when I was playing for the Reds, I believe, and I wasn't playing on that Sunday. And he came over to our locker room, and I was I had an off day. We sat and talked for hours, man. I, I wish America 
would have been able to witness that. And we want to do it again. We haven't really sat down and just chopped it up in the last 20 years or so. And I love him. If it weren't for Bo, it wouldn't have been no prime. How so? Bo paved the way, man. He, he, uh, he, he set the bar. It, it has to be something that a man chases. And he set the bar for me to chase something, man. And, uh, and I applaud him for that. I never mentally was against Bo. I've always said, dang, that dude is unbelievable, man. And I, 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 that challenged me to get to that level. Okay, so who's setting the standard for you as a coach? What, what are you chasing? Who are you chasing? Uh, shoot. Coach Saban. Coach Saban is the bar. Coach Saban is the magna cum laude, man. Coach Saban and his program and the way he runs his program is, is all of that. I admire it. I love it. When we shot the Aflac spot, shoot, I took a few of my coaches down to glean from their coaches. I know some of his coaches on staff. Uh, we've watched them in off-season training. We, we've simulated a lot of things. He is the gold standard and will always be. But you aspire to be in the SEC, or you aspire to be in, you know, no, any. I aspire to dominate where my feet are. I don't say I'm going to be in the SEC, I'm going to be okay. in the Power Five. Wherever my feet are, I'm going to be dominant. Why didn't Florida State hire you to begin with? I have no idea. There were three others, too. So I, I don't. <laughs> what, who were the other schools that made a mistake? They were, they were Power Five. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But what was the holdup? Excuse me? What, what, what was the holdup with these schools? And why, why was there hesitancy? Well, Willy Wonka. You know, I come from a chocolate factory, man. I don't know if they want Willy Wonka. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if they want Willy Wonka running the <laughs> I, I, I didn't hear the commissioner yesterday say anything about Willy Wonka during his press conference there, Dion. What would you suggest to the commissioner about hiring practices in the NFL with minorities? Uh, I, would, I would go different. I, I wouldn't. I'm not fighting for the coaches. I, I, I'm a guy that's an advocate for ownership. I would want to expand into three more cities. I, I would say let's expand to three more cities, and three of those cities we have to mandate. Um, African-American or ethnic ownership, then let it roll wherever it may be. But it has to be a mandate. Three cities, wherever those are, has to be ethnic, ethnic owned. Uh, I like that. Yeah. I like that. Instead, I, I, of, it, instead of going at the middle level, let's go to the top and see where it falls. But, you know, Dion, it feels like every year it's Groundhog Day and the commissioner has his State of the Union and we keep talking about the hiring practices. And then next thing you know, we got a Super Bowl and then we move on to the combine and then the draft and then we forget about all of this stuff. You can't make no billionaire hire who he, yes. who he doesn't want to hire. That's not going to happen. Yeah. You can't make me hire a, a cook or a housekeeper that I don't want to hire in my house. That's my house. Yeah. You're not going to come here and tell me what to do in my house. That's not going to happen. So let's just go to the top. I'd rather us own the house, then we call the shots in the house. <laughs> uh, the Pro Bowl, I saw where you were tweeting about how they the, – the Pro Bowl doesn't have an identity, Dion. What, uh, what could we do? Can we salvage the Pro Bowl? No, because the players are different. They, the thought processes are different. So it's unsalvageable. You can't. They don't want to play. They don't want to participate. They don't want to compete. Anything after the season, they do not want to compete. And they're afraid of the injury and aspect as if we didn't think about that as well. But you know, when you're a competitor, man, you don't think about getting hurt. When I walk on the field, I didn't think about, oh, man, I may get hurt. When I get in the car, I think, hey, man, I may have an accident. No, you, you have on protection. Uh, that was absurd, what, what transpired in uh, Vegas. It, it really was. We got to – you got to go in a different direction. That's not right. Um, the fans don't deserve that. The players got to really think about what they're displaying on field. I don't know who was the guy that came up and said, guys, we just going to play touch football. I know. Who was that guy? He should be fine. Did you ever ask a quarterback to autograph an interception ball? No. At practice, I did in college. <laughs> but, yeah, practice I did. But, but you would never ask, like, I would never trade jerseys and take off my jersey and give it to another man after the game either. I would never do that. 
I would never. I'm going to fight and go at it against Jerry Rice, and we're going to stand there on the field after the game. Uh, no, that my era, we, we weren't friendly like that. We were cool. Me and Playmaker, I love him to life, but we weren't doing that after the game. I, I didn't want nothing to do with you. After, no, no. They'll, they'll, the game has changed. Everybody, even in the NBA, man, everybody's friends now, man. Everybody's homeboys. Everybody look up to one another that you're playing against. I'm not looking up to the guy I'm playing against. I'm not, I'm not putting him on a pedestal. I'm trying to destroy him. Uh, what are you doing with Gillette? So wonderful. Thanks, man. Gillette uh, provides me options, and I love it. I got to get this tagline now. It gives a shave and quick and easy as washing your face, and that's the God honest truth. I'm a shaver, man. If I, don't, if I go a day and a half with that shave, I'm fully great. I'm fully great. And Gillette makes it so darn easy for me. They're doing some wonderful activations at the Super Bowl. Um, um, nationwide. Check out uh, Santa Monica. Go to Gillette.com slash skate. They're doing some wonderful things, man, some wonderful giveaways. And I'm excited. I mean, I'm a Gillette guy. My sons, I've taught them how to shave at an early age. They're able to do partner with me in this campaign, and I love it. I really do. So if I go to Jackson State, I don't get name, image, and likeness. I just get a razor. No, 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 you don't get named. If, if you're good. If you're good. <laughs> I'm not, I'm yeah. not promising that. you got to play first. How can a how can a how do you have value coming out of high school? How do what what is your value? You gotta you gotta prove something, right? I, I would think you have to prove something, man. I, I don't I don't get it. I, I'm happy that these kids are, are, are making money and they're doing their thing, but you got to prove yourself. That's that's the world I lived in. That's the world I grew up in. You got to prove yourself first. Yeah, I might have to come down there and uh, work out. You got to. We're yeah. gonna make sure you're properly shaved with Gillette, and we're gonna make. Sure <laughs> I can finally beat you in the forty. You can right now. <laughs> I, right. I can beat you in the. I don't care when I beat you, but if if I beat you, that's it. Right now. Right now, I think you can. It's small window, and I like my chances here. Um, I'm not together. I don't have all my digits. <laughs> uh, great to talk to you as always. Congrats, and uh, thanks again. You're a class act, man. I love you. Uh, and, and let me tell you something. I haven't forgotten about those grills. You bless me so much. Those grills are unbelievable, man. Well, I got Chad from Traeger out in the parking lot, and Dude, he is, they, they're cooking up uh, lunch today and tomorrow with the Traeger grills. <laughs> I'm thankful for Gillette and, and uh, my relationship with them because I actually shave every day. But what you did for me with Trey, I, I, I'm serious. Every time I grill, I think about you. Every time we barbecue <laughs> or something, and it's, it's not on Sunday, and I'm going to think about you, man. So I appreciate you. Thank you, Dion. That's uh, Dion Sanders, Jackson State head coach and, of course, Hall of Famer, joining us on behalf of Gillette. Max Crosby of the Raiders set to join us next. Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 to noon Eastern or 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. Find your local station for the Dan Patrick Show at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every day on the iHeartRadio app by searching FSR. Or stream us live on the Peacock app. He's Max Crosby, the Las Vegas Raiders defensive end, Pro Bowl defensive MVP, and a uh, fourth-round pick out of Eastern Michigan. And uh, Max joins us on the program, I believe. Is Max ready? He's coming down the hallway. I hope he didn't go to the Traeger Grill. (laughs) (laughs) We'll get some more phone calls as well. Uh, Adam Sandler on the program tomorrow. Come on in, Max. Uh, Ed Orgeron. Former LSU coach joining us. Hi, bud. What is up? How are you doing? I'm doing great. Doing great. Uh, well, I got some uh, got some jewelry on today, yeah, huh? Go a little bit. What yeah. do you got? What's the What's the most expensive thing on you? Probably the watch. I just got it. How much is that? It's more than I would like to pay. <laughs> you know, every year I got to, after the season. I have to. You know, I always get something. Just kind of yeah. Okay, but. Do you have to clear that with anybody when you make a oh, yeah. purchase? <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. I do a, you know, I do a very good job of, you know, managing and keeping things in order. But you know, once in a while, you gotta, you gotta spoil yourself a little bit. You're kind of a breakout star this year. Do you feel that way? Um, you know, I nationally, for, nationally. Yeah, I've noticed, you know, more attention and things like that. Um, but for me, it's just, you know, I try to stay in the day as much as I can. I don't try to look too far in the future, too far in the past. So, you know, obviously it's awesome getting the attention and things like that, but 
um, staying humble and staying, staying grounded is, is just as important. Now, I don't know how valuable it is to be the most valuable defensive player in a Pro Bowl where nobody tackled anybody, Max. But, yeah. I mean, I don't know where you put that trophy in your trophy case when they go, oh, was that the Pro Bowl where nobody tackled anybody? Okay, who, who lets everybody know? What was the agreement where we go, we're just going to have two-hand touch? Honestly, there wasn't an agreement. Um, once the game started... I got off the ball and I noticed everyone was kind of moving in slow motion. So I was trying to like act in a way to try to, you know, but after, as the game went on, you know, there was a big bonus. So, you know, Vrabel is a competitive guy. He wanted to win. Everybody on our team was like, all right, we're going to like kind of go with the flow, but we, we wanted to win. So, yeah, you know, there's a couple third downs and fourth downs where we kind of were rushing a little bit. Okay. But for the most part, somebody had to go. We put our, the, the officials had to know this as well. That 100%. When Mac, Mac Jones is running, and then they put their hands on him, they blow the whistle. Yeah. And I'm like, and Mac, he keeps jumping. Uh, you know, he's going towards the end zone. Yeah, that was a tough thing. Is short yardage was the hardest thing of the whole game because you get to fourth and two or third and two, whatever. And you run the ball, and someone just touches the running back. It was done. So you basically had to throw the ball every single play. So it's kind of a fine line there. Did you talk amongst each other? <laughs> not, not really. There wasn't any agreement or like a common ground. It just everyone was just kind of chilling the whole time. So it was, yeah, it was different. Uh, tell the story as you've I'm sure done many times this week. How yep. you got the extra X in Max? <laughs> yeah. So as a child, you know, I was uh, as I was being born, I was tw almost 12 pounds, and I was stuck in my mom. So I was literally <laughs> couldn't they couldn't get me out. My mom almost killed my mom so they had to break my shoulder to get me out and my mom as i was being named obviously they knew i was gonna be max but they put an extra x on there once they asked because i was yeah i was double x so it kind of you know it kind of worked out you know how it's supposed to i might have added another x on there but then that might have been that signified yeah. a different career there for 100 yeah. percent yeah catapulted to me yeah uh, to where i needed to go <laughs> Also, uh, tell me if this is correct, that uh, you weren't the most famous guy in your high school. Uh, no, I wouldn't say so. I, I feel like... Who was the most famous person in your high school? From my high school? Um, that's tough. Christian Ponder was a, oh, okay. a former Colleyville Heritage guy. Was there somebody, I feel like you know somebody that I don't know, and that's, I'm probably going to get in trouble now. Did Post Malone go to... No, he went to Grapevine, our rival. Oh. Our rival, yeah. But and he's I know a Chiefs folks. fan, too. Cowboy fan. I thought he was a Chiefs fan. No, didn't, he's didn't he go perform with the uh, Chiefs when they won the Super Bowl? He might have. Oh, he might have done that if they pay him. Yeah, 100%. Oh, but he's a Cowboy fan. He's a diehard Cowboy fan. Yeah, oh. Unless he changed. I don't know. I haven't, well, I haven't talked to him. You know how these kids are nowadays. They change. They I, change. I got your draft profile there. There's a piece of paper right there. Oh, here we now, go. <laughs> now, this will be good. I'm now, excited now to see I this. So Aaron Rodgers has done it. Von Miller, J.J. Watt. They've all <laughs> done this. Uh, so you're you're in line with some Hall of Famers there. We just we just took the bad stuff that they said about you coming out of Eastern yeah, Michigan. This will be good. All right. So you ready? Yes, sir. All right. Go ahead. All right. Dominated smaller competition and hasn't been tested by elite blockers. I understand that somewhat. Okay. To a degree, gets caught standing up out of his stance, which is disastrous for a small chested defense. <laughs> Are you small-chested? I guess so. Okay. That I've never heard that one before. Okay. That's, that was weirdly descriptive. Now, these are real draft yeah. profile comments. No, I, I believe it. Okay, what else do you have? We'll struggle to control the point as a pro. I've, I've, yeah, I heard that a lot. Okay. Um, lacks explosiveness out of his stance, forcing him to play catch-up coming off the line. That's tough. I don't know. That's you ran tough. a four six forty, I yeah. believe. That's tough. I mean, that your biggest weapon feels like being explosive. I feel like at that, especially at that time, I was a lighter guy. But you know, <laughs> is what it is. Um, can be tight in the hips, especially early in pass rush. What does that mean? I don't know what that means. <laughs> I guess a little stiff is what they're trying to say, but I don't know what early in pass rush means. Um, I don't know. Is that early in the game or? I, I don't know. Okay. Either early in the game or like early in the beginning of the play or something. I don't know. But okay. What else? That's interesting. Uh, running backs and quarterbacks break from his clutches. Ooh. Interesting. 
Wow. Not in the Pro Bowl, they didn't. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, elementary rush. <laughs> elementary rush approach and fails to use hands as consistent weapons. I think I know who wrote that. And we, yeah, I think I do. Okay. But it, I won't name them because, yeah. But that's actually, that's funny. I like that. Wow. Which one bothers you the most? Um, I think the elementary, the elementary rush approach, or the small-chested defender. Yeah, the small-chested. Yeah. I've never heard a guy described as small-chested. That's wow. Pro comp Jeremiah Tacho. Um, let's do the wow. Max Crosby Max bench. One rep. Paulie, you go first. Oh uh, boy, I'm gonna go. Four seventy-five. I might be low. Four seventy-five benching. That's, wow, that's a lot of weight. Seaton. That's I was going to go 375. All right. Fritzy? I'm going to say 410. He's small-chested. Yeah, he was small-chested. <laughs> defensive end for the week. I'm going to do one bench, one rep, 340. It's probably around there. Yeah? Yeah, I haven't done a sing like a one rep max in a long time, but probably be around three, yeah, probably 340, 350, somewhere in that range. Maybe more, maybe less. I don't know. Strongest guy you've played against? Um, Probably... Probably Tyrone Smith. Oh yeah, he, he's his hands are the strongest things I've ever felt touch my body. <laughs> we played Dallas this year. Me and Yannick, after like the first series, we both we were flopping sides. We came to the bench. We looked at each other like, bro, you gotta just. If his hands are on you, it's over. It's really? over. Yeah, he's. It's. I don't even know how to explain it. You can't move. So yeah, you gotta. Speed of power on him. It's the only way. Do you hold grudges? Do I hold grudges? Uh, not anymore. I feel like as a younger guy, I used to care about everything. And but if somebody cheap shots you in the NFL, um, goes at your legs or anything like that? Not really. I'm used to it. I feel like that's like tight ends. I know they're going to go at my legs because they don't want to, you know, go chest to chest with you. So well, you're small chested. Yeah, too. I'm small chested. So I guess maybe yeah. not. But yeah, you know. I don't hold grudges like that. You know, I feel like I, I tend to get over things pretty pretty quick. Uh, you're joining us on behalf of uh, Reframe? Yes, sir. You want to give the spiel? Yeah, we can give a quick little rundown. You know, uh, Reframe, best uh, best sobriety app in the world. Um, you know, it just it gives people a tool, you know, to stay sober. It's a community. It's got a, um, you know, they do a great job. You know, for me, I'm a guy who's a part of that community, almost two years sober. So, you know, this app is a, is a great uh Great thing for people. When did you know you needed help? Um, honestly, I feel like since the day I, when I first started drinking, I knew I was a little bit different than everybody. I couldn't handle it um, the same. So, yeah, you know, it, it, just, it just got progressively worse as time went on. So um, once it got to that point where I just looked myself in the mirror, I was like, what am I doing? You know, I'm in the NFL. I got a lot of things going for me. Um, and it was the one crutch I've always had. So um, it got to a point where it was just unmanageable. So, you know, I had to had to make a change. But also we use it as a crutch because sometimes we're, you know, in social situations. Like you lean on a beer, yeah. you know, that, hey, I'm now funnier or I'm more engaging with people. Did, did you do that? Yeah, you know, I feel like it, that's the thing. Like you talk to a lot of people who have drinking problems or smoking, whatever it may be. Um, it helped them in that way like for me I know it was like my saving grace as a young kid because I was insecure growing up and things of that nature but once I took took that first drink I was like oh my god this is my thing like I was in love because I could t go up and talk to that girl that I wanted to talk to or, you know things like that so yeah you know early on it was like it saved my life I was I needed it but then after time you know time goes on it just became something that was continuously holding me back how important are tattoos to you? <laughs> um, I've always loved tattoos. When Even when I was, like, young in high school, um, you know, I, my first tattoo, I literally took my brother's ID, and he looks nothing like me. <laughs> and <laughs> I went into the tattoo shop, and they just looked at me, and I was 17, and they were just like, all right, and just let me, let me do it. So, yeah. Um, I don't normally I look at a man's thighs, but I'm looking at your thigh. Yeah. Is that, is that a, a map? Yeah, so I got Michigan here and Texas here, and I've, I'm getting the whole my whole legs done and everything. So, yeah, it just hurts, so I haven't finished it yet. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, the thigh hurts a lot? Horribly. Yeah, the thighs are terrible. The back of the neck, terrible. 
Okay, but why yeah. do you do it if it hurts so bad? I just like how they look, you know. <laughs> but I don't like going through the pain. I, t- I try to get numbing cream, but it, it wears off after a while, so you just got to gotta suck it up. What's the one where you went home and mom went, what are you doing? <laughs> um, I don't My mom is, like, my, like, best friend, so she's, like, she wants me to do stuff like that. Like if I if I love it, she's like, oh yeah, go do it, Max. Like I was a kid and she, I came home with a big tattoo. My first one was on my forearm. I just punched myself in the chest. <laughs> it's I got this big one of my grandma, my great grandma, um, on my forearm, and it was just I was in high school and she was like, oh I love it. <laughs> she was encouraging me to get it. So like my mom, yeah, my mom's awesome. She in that way, she's just she she's like my biggest fan. And my dad would just kind of sit back and be like. He doesn't really care. He so. doesn't care. Yeah. He's like, all right, do whatever you're going to do. Uh, it's great to, great to talk to you. Congratulations on all your success. Um, you can hang with us as we get ready to close out the show. Fritzy on the show tomorrow is? We've got uh, Adam Sandler, Ed Orgeron, and Drew Brees from Drew Brees. Friday's guests. Once again, Max was joining us on behalf of Reframe. And uh, for more detail, reframe.com. Can you go to that, Max? Do you know if the... Yeah, so it's an app. So you go, oh, it go is to the app? app store, download it, and uh, yeah, it's smooth. Reframe Ref- app. Yep. Reframe app. Great.